0: So I was about 15 when I decided that I wanted to get, no, excuse me, I apologize. I was 14 when I decided that I wanted to get my working papers and work. And it took me what I felt like was the longest time to convince my father to let me get my working papers. And I had to convince, I had to pull my mom into that argument. But the day I got my working papers was the day that I finally felt like I was starting to get free. And I started, the first job I applied to was McDonald's. Um, And then, of course, I was offered the opportunity for an interview. I had on a blue denim skirt with a blue denim shirt and blue clips in my hair and blue eyeshadow and lots of lip gloss. During the interview process, my mom actually took me to the interview, right? My mom, during the interview process, was actually in the store for some reason. I guess she was waiting for me. And she is crying because her baby is and is in her first interview. She's crying. And of course, I was offered the job right on the spot. I was super excited because I got my... McDonald's, I think it was a red shirt I started off with, and I had to wear black pants. And I'm like, I am about to start making some money so that way I can start saving up for it. whatever little thing I told myself I was going to save up for. The first day, what I didn't know, or the first, the first day was fine. I was super excited. I had a lot of things to talk about. I talked about the fry machine and how I was on a register and how fast it was and how slow it was. And just all of these all of these things that I was just super excited about. But my first Saturday working there, I didn't know that the schedule was in military time. So that shit said 7 a.m. to, I don't know, 1900. And I worked from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. before someone finally realized and noticed and said, hey, how old are you? I said 15. They're like, yeah, you can't be here. So they made me go home at 7 o'clock. But McDonald's shaped me in some ways. um I was extremely shy. I kept my hat if we had to wear a hat. I kept my hat over my little eyes, and I kind of would shyly peek over at people and I was very polite and all of these things. But then I would these other girls who were about the same age would come and they were they were more confident than I was, and they were more self assured and They were a lot of things that I wanted to be. So I started watching their behavior so I could try to, in some ways, adopt some of that. Um, I started noticing that when the girls would hand things out in the drive-thru, they would flirt with the guys. And so I tried doing that. And I don't remember what song was playing. Oh, I apologize. It was Oh Boy by freaking Cameron. This guy had it blasting out of his car and... I looked over at him and I had been practicing this little flirty look. I looked over at him. He looked at me. We was looking at each other through the drive-through. And he said, come here. And I looked around and made sure he was talking to me. And I I go over. He's got a little bit of an accent. And it was him and his boy in the car. He said, what's your name? And I shyly, (laughs) Jocelyn. And he said, yeah. He said, what's good with you? I said, nothing. And he Said, well, you know, let me get your number. And that was the first time anyone had actually ever asked for my phone number outside of the little church that we went to. But we'll get back to that. He said, all right, all right I'm going to hit you up. Um, I gave him my parents' home number. Oh, yeah, I gave him my parents' home number because that was all I had at that time um, until I got a car. <laughs> um, but I, he had called the house one time and I got his phone number. So I could call him. So I went to school and asked one of my friends to borrow their phones. They had 100 minutes on their little phone. And I would use 10 of those minutes to call this guy who I don't even remember what his name was. But we never got past the couple one or two phone calls and that was it. So, of course, I'm 15 and I'm now eager to meet new other boys and have these little dramas that I had been I had watched through uh <laughs> I had watched through music videos and BET movies and lifetime movies my entire life. I wanted to have these like dramatic ass breakups and these makeups and you're the one. I had all of these things planned out in my stupid little head. <sighs> and one day, one fateful day, the doors to McDonald's flew open and in comes LaShawn. LaShawn was six foot four. A very dark chocolate man. He had an eight pack. Oh, you could. Oh, God. Yes. He was everything I needed him to be. He walked real slow. He walked. His tims was never tied. And he walked like the heels of his feet were too heavy. It was just clump, clump. But I thought that shit was sexy because that's what I had always seen and like movies and all this stupid shit, right? LaShawn, I would practice my little flirt with him and he recognized that I was flirting with him. So he kind of sort of a little bit flirted back and I'm like, oh my God, he's too good for me. But I was stupid excited. I wanted to see where this would go. So LaShawn one night says to me, he says, yo, you going home? I said, yeah. He said, how are you getting there? I said, I have a, no. Yeah, I was no at this point. I was 16. I apologize. I'm just I'm kind of back and forth a little bit at this point. I was 16 and LaShawn said, you going home? I said, yeah. He said, how you getting there? I said, my car. Like I was very confused by his question because I couldn't get past the idea that people didn't have cars like that was not that was that was not a thing in my head. He said, oh, OK, so I, you know, got my little car. He stood at the door and waved at me and he blew me a kiss and I melted I drove home and I thought LaShawn, 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 just, just fucking LaShawn. I told these girls that I went to school with these white girls. And of course they didn't understand why I was so passionate about LaShawn because they couldn't get past the Gregories and the bills in their town. So then LaShawn, I don't know. I was in the, I was, he, he kissed me. And I, I was like, oh, my God, I melted. And you know what he did? He sang um, Read Your Mind by Avant to me. He dedicated that song to me. He sang it to me. And I absolutely melted. To this day, I can't hear that song without thinking, oh, my God, LaShawn. But anyways, <sighs> um, he asked me for a ride home a couple times. And, of course, I was more than willing to have that man in my car. He smelled so good. And of course, all the other girls in the restaurant wanted him. And these girls in the drive-thru would come through and all of this and all of that. But I knew that LaShawn liked me. And I couldn't get past the fact that, yeah, you could either like more than one person at a time or you just use a person. Turns out LaShawn was using me for my car. <laughs> How do I know? Because my brother and I worked at McDonald's at the same time. He and I had gotten into some sort of fight outside of work outside excuse me outside of school one day and my coat got messed up so I had to work he didn't I took his coat uh, and wore his coat because I had to go to work that day so I had Jeremy's coat on I'm significantly shorter than Jeremy and I was in the back room in the break room putting away my coat and LaShawn comes up to me and he's tapping me on my shoulder because my brother didn't know that me and LaShawn had a thing And LaShawn tapped him and he's like, yo, I wish you would have seen this chick I was banging last night. And I turned around, he saw my face, I saw his face, and I fought back tears. Have you ever tried sleeping with a broken heart? That's exactly where the fuck I was. I was heartbroken and I had to work from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. That shit was fucking hard, knowing that. The person that I thought was for me at that time was with another chick. And then I started putting pieces together. He only liked me for my car. That shit was wild to me. (sighs) He tried to make things up. He tried to make things quote unquote right with me. I just it never I just couldn't. I just I was so torn apart and so broken LaShawn came into work one day on his day off to get his check and he had on, oh God, he had on dark boots, dark, dark blue boots, uh, Tim's, excuse me. He had dark blue jeans, a ribbed tight sweater and a hat to match the baby blue sweater that he had on. Right. And that shit had a V-neck and and like, as soon as he walked in, it was like LaShawn. Like everything about him. And he clump, clump, clump. And he licked his lips and he said, I'm here for my check. And us, we, girl, we swooned over this idiot, right? And then he got his check and he licked his lips. He said, what day do I work? And we would all scammer to the back to get his schedule so we could be the first one to tell this nigga when he's supposed to work at McDonald's. He said, "I right, see y'all later. And he looked at me and he winked. And I said, that man right there. The second time LaShawn came in, he was wearing the same outfit. Still looked good. The third time, now he was doing this a couple times a week. So this was... It was on a Friday that he came in with still the same outfit. And I kept saying to myself, nah, he just does laundry. And that's like his favorite outfit. Like I would have a favorite hoodie that I would wear all the time. So I just assumed he had a whole favorite outfit that he would just wash, rinse, repeat. Somebody was like this woman, Danielle, that I used to work with. She said, LaShawn, why do you keep wearing the same clothes? And I never, LaShawn ended up quitting because he was so embarrassed. And I I didn't see LaShawn for at least 10 years. But rest assured, the last time I physically saw LaShawn, he was working at Dunkin' Donuts. Bless his little heart. That's what you get for breaking my little heart. Stupid jerk. Oh, God. But. Then I realized that these some of the women that I was working with, some of the girls, excuse me, some of the girls, some of the girls were wild. Some of the girls were kind of shy and timid like me and we were considered boring. But there was this one chick named Nakia. Nakia was about six foot tall. She had a little chin and then a big chin that the big chin covered up her neck. So she didn't have a neck. It was just little chin, big chin, like, but she was tall. She had skinny arms, skinny legs, a fat back and side titties. Like her whole build was different to me. And I would like unconsciously stare at her and she, what the fuck you staring at? Like she had an attitude on top of that, which also took me out. She was always pissed off at me for no fucking reason. And I never understood it. I definitely tried the whole like full house, like, hey, can we talk? And I fucking tried to talk it out with her, this, that, and the third. It just wasn't working, whatever. So I just tried to avoid her because I couldn't tolerate her attitude. Um, I had, my, my first car was an 87 Honda Civic that I was beyond proud of. I loved that thing because that thing became my escape. And I stepped outside in like June of that year. Because I was leaving for work for the day. And Nakia's big ass is sitting on the hood of my car. Now, I have, I'm seven I'm 16, 17 at this time. I have a little bit of a hothead. Okay, don't have any control over my emotions yet. So I didn't know how to handle it. Because if I walked out there talking crazy, knowing damn well at that point I hadn't gotten into a fight. I was not prepared to get into a fight. So I'm like, I can't go out there talking crazy. But I also can't back down from this. So I went back in the store. I made myself a shake. Drank the shake. Looked outside. This big bitch is still sitting on the hood of my car talking to whomever. Like, her break should have ended already. So I went back. I stole a couple chicken nuggets. Ate those, dipped those in barbecue sauce. And I went back out. She's still out there. Now, mind you, she had to have seen the way I was stressing because you could see me walking through certain parts of mcdonald's as you're sitting in the area that i was parked so she had to have known that i wanted to get my fucking car I was just scared and i'm pretty sure she prolonged that shit to see how long it would take so finally i got i bet up the nerve and i said you know what this is it so whew, i'm breathing heavy i'm breathing hard and i stepped outside and i said hey and my voice said, listen, bitch, whatever the fuck you about to say next, I don't have your back. Because my voice came out real squeaky. And I said, I'm, I need to go home. And she said, oh, this your raggedy piece of shit? And I said, yeah. And she certainly got off my car. And she scuffed past me with her big, goofy, weird-shaped ass. Built like a Raisinette. Like one of those California race. That's what, oh my God, I just figured it out. She's definitely... <laughs> I just thought of that. I'm sorry. She was definitely shaped like a California (laughs) raisin, But she scuffed past me with her big ass. But she left a dent in my car. So I had to take a few minutes to open the hood of my car, pop out the dent, and then let the fucking car warm up. Because if you didn't let it warm up, the RPMs would be too high and then you couldn't stop the car. Don't. I will explain my first car on a different episode. Oh, and then embarrassingly drive home because the stupid thing didn't have a muffler because, well, again, we'll go into that later. The anyway, going back to McDonald's, McDonald's was then taken over by a a, a group of a, a, a black family. Right. And the father owned it. The sons uh, ran them. So it was like the store that I had and then another store in a different location. And I looked. I said, this is it. This is it. We have a black owner. Um, and I was I I I was fascinated. Because within two weeks, they all had Cadillacs with rim, the rim spinning. They had every amenity in a vehicle. One had a Ford Expedition with t- TVs in the back. The one cousin, I guess, the cousin was the one that they didn't really like. He had a Hyundai, but he kept that shit clean. But everybody else had top of the notch everything. You know what I'm saying? Rims spinning the whole bit. Do you know that while under their care or whatever you want to call it, it wasn't too long before I put a check in my little bank account and had to find out the hard way that they was bouncing checks left and right. Just... Just left and right, just left and right all over the place. And it took forever for that to be corrected. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. But I do want to go back because I previously mentioned that I worked with my brother at the time. My brother, Michael, we'll call him Michael. Michael was proud of his job. He took it very seriously, just as I did. We both walked with our shoulders out when we worked at McDonald's, right? Michael did this thing, and this is what he started doing that I did not do. Michael started stealing food, right? What he would do was once he got established at McDonald's, he was supposed to leave at like 2 o'clock. He'd stop working at 1.45. He'd make a whole bunch of food that didn't nobody order and then put them in his backpack. He didn't drive because at that point I was 17. He was 15, So he took his bike to work every day. Do you know that boy came home with third degree burns on his back (laughs) trying to feed my family? (laughs) Oh, God. But anyway, eventually, like, there was some issue with my car. I couldn't drive it or something stupid like that. So then I decided to also take a bike to work. That was, I don't ride bikes. And that's probably why I'm as chubby as I am because I don't ride bikes. Um, but he always rode his bike and eventually he got to driving with me and it was, the whole thing was stupid. We just had like a, we, we had a great, he, he and I had a great relationship until we started working and then just things kind of derailed. There was one day where, um, he and I were work. They, they thought it was a good idea to put the siblings at the drive through windows. I hated drive through Don't know why. I don't remember why. But I hated drive through. Michael loved it. So they put me on the front on the excuse me, on the back drive through him on the front. What he and I didn't know and no one taught us was that we had buttons to talk to the people outside. But we didn't know that the microphone had buttons to talk to the people inside. Like if you wanted to talk to the person in the front window or whatever. What he and I would do was press the button to talk to the people outside and be having, yo, you see Raquel's fat ass. And we would just be talking to, <laughs> talking to customers, um, uh, talking to customers. We didn't know it took us a couple of weeks to realize like there's a different button. But the one day I was in the back window and I think I was reading or I was looking at my phone, playing snake on my phone or something. And he says, Joss coming. So I'm like, okay. And he says, there's a fight. So I go running up. Of course, I grabbed a couple chicken chicken nuggets. I go running up. And sure enough, the first fight that we saw was um, this white guy had gotten his order and he bumped the shoulder of this black guy. And the black, I don't know, the black guy says something and the white guy ended up saying, you fucking nigger. And it was like, we couldn't get past what was happening. And the black guy for sure dropped the white guy. And of course, (laughs) they were fighting in the McDonald's lobby and this, that, and the third. And Jeremy and I are, he and I had gotten a 10 pack of chicken nuggets and we're sharing it while watching this fight happen. White guy's face is all bloody and he fuck all you. And he's just going on and on. And he gets in his truck. He had this white pickup truck. And as he's driving off, there's chicken feathers flying out the back of it, which made us laugh even more. (sighs) But nothing will, nothing will ever top um, the second fight that he and I witnessed where um, there was one girl that worked there. She was kind of messing around with this guy, kind of not, whatever. We like It was just, it was whatever. Like They were flirting, I guess, was the most. And then what she understood was that once she clocked out, she was done flirting. She would talk to whomever she really was interested in, but he didn't understand that. The one day, I had just gotten home. I had just gotten to work. It was like four o'clock in the afternoon. And Michael had gotten there as well. And he says, um, um. Homeboy comes out of nowhere and he says, you black guy stole my money. You stole the money out of my coat. She's like, I ain't take no money from you. So the two of them are arguing about money that's missing, right? I'm like, I didn't do it. I was, you know, whatever. I'm just trying to clear my name. He's like, I know who the fuck took it. I, I, I. He's going back and forth. And they're saying, listen, it so the manager's coming up and they're like, listen, 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 listen. The money thing, y'all could settle outside of work, but right now we at work. And he wouldn't let it go. So they sent him home. He said, Oh, y'all gonna send me home? Okay. I shit you not. He was gone for 30 minutes and I thought the whole thing was over. Until I look over, I don't know why, but I grabbed Michael. I said, Look at that van just parked in the middle. The van, the Pontiac van, was parked in the middle of the parking lot. It was there for a couple minutes, didn't move. The sliding doors, this van had two sliding doors. The opposite, my family van did not. Two sliding doors open. And the back hatch opened up and people started pouring out. And then another vehicle pulled up and it was just people started pouring out. And I'm like, oh, shit. So now um, the manager realizes what's happening and they rush to lock the doors. As I go to the drive-thru, the manager said, shut the window. And I'm like, what? Another minivan pulls up to the drive-thru window and people start pouring out. And I guess the mother of the guy, uh, she had a baseball bat. I was like... All it is. So for $20? This fight, I guess, um because somebody had. Oh, they got. You know how they got in? Some of the guys had gotten in through the playground, the playhouse. They had gotten in through the playhouse door. So they came through. And now it's a whole. It's not just a fight, it's a brawl in the store. And I'm like. I would like to leave for my safety, but of course, y'all got me blocked in. So I can't really, I guess I can't go anywhere. So I'm in the break room and I'm just like, what if they come back here? You know, yada, 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 da, whatever. The one other guy that I had a crush on, we all had a crush on. Yet again, he was another good looking guy. and We never, we were young. We never asked like, why is he making McDonald's? He grabbed a handful of chicken nuggets that were expired and he ran and locked himself in the playhouse because it was it had already emptied out. He locked himself in the playhouse and wouldn't let anybody else in. He wouldn't let he wouldn't come out until the police had already left. That shit, the that shit was wild because if I'm not mistaken, that shit took a good half an hour, forty five minutes, maybe even an hour. For the whole store to calm down, then we had to clean up after the mess before we could open uh, open it up to the public again <sighs> then one of the issues with me is that because of the first guy that i had that gave me his or i ga got my i gave him my number excuse me I became. A little bit addicted to the attention, so I would just be flirting just for just for the sake of it, with no real you know no real intention to pursue anything. It was just I was kind of working on my skills, but there was this guy named Otis, and if he ever hears this, um, I want to say I'm so sorry, but Otis was from down south. he was cute goofy. But he wasn't the job rule that I was looking for in that time. Otis would come up and right before I would leave for work at seven o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night, he would make me a McFlurry before I left and give it to me. And he was friends with my brother. So he was always asking my brother for tips and pointers. And my brother always told, oh, Otis likes you. And I'm like, I can't I can't date a guy named Otis. That's an old man name. So um, Otis kept. Otis just kept giving me little signs that he liked me. And I just could not submit to that at all. Like I just, just was flirting for the hell of it. And one day it was raining real bad. And Otis took this as his opportunity. And he had gotten off the, off of work the same time I did. And he said, ah, oh, it's raining real bad. I said, yeah, it's crazy. He said, you mind giving me a ride? I said, Okay. He never specified to where, so we got in the car and I could feel him getting ready to try something. Like he kept like itching to put his arm around me or some shit and I got skeeved out. So I gave him a ride to the red light. I said, Well, there you go. I said, There's the bus stop. Good luck getting home. Dropped his ass off and took off and I didn't feel bad. <laughs> When I right before he got out of the car, he looked at me with these sad puppy dog eyes, begging me to give him a ride so he could try whatever move he attempted to try. But yeah, I was. Yeah, you can get out, but but you can get out. I said, did you need help with your seatbelt? He said, no, I guess not. And Otis, as I drove away, looked so sad. I slept like a do- uh, a dove that night, though, for sure. I don't miss Otis at all. I mean, yeah, it wasn't I didn't feel sorry for him. But a couple of weeks after that happened, one last thing about McDonald's and then I'm done. I tried so hard to fit in. It's very hard to go to a predominantly white school and then go to work and try to fit in with the black kids. So it was just it's like two different worlds. And I knew that in order for me to fit in with the kids at McDonald's, I needed a pair of Timbs. But because I was paying for my school things on my car, all of this, I could not afford Timbs. But Payless did me a favor and started started selling fets and fake ass tins, and as long as you wore pants long enough, you couldn't tell that they were fets. And this is when flare bottom pants were out, so I could wear them as long as possible. Mean, you know, I could wear them as long as I could. And they would cover the bottoms of my boots. And in those moments, people was like, oh, shit, you got the new Timbs. And I was like, yeah. Didn't bother telling them that they was fats. my brother started doing the same thing. So we suddenly fit in based on what was on our feet. Right? And, of course, now I'm wearing these boots to death. And they were my favorite boots. They were ugly-ass blue suede fats. And I walked into work one day and... This had to have been when LaShawn was still there. Yes, it was when LaShawn was still there. So I walked in and I had these big ass hoops. Fake, of course. And I put on a ton of lip gloss and I had my fats on. And I was clumping around in my fake fats. And this one jealous bitch, I don't remember who it was, but she walks up behind me and she yanks up the bottom of my pants and she said these ain't Tim's and I'm like wait what (laughs) and everybody came over and they laughed at me because I did not have real Tim's I hope y'all have a good night